Welcome back, everybody, to LA is our house. This is episode 141, Tuesday, December 4th, 2018. We've got some news, but yet ironically, some do, old news to talk about and the we? possibility of a president of soccer operations uh, imminent announcement. Um, we'll be talking about that today. We're also going to be talking about the uh, worst kept secret in U.S. soccer history and the uh, announcing of Greg Berhalter as U.S. men's national national team coach after a 14-month-long search, um, along with some other uh, random stuff here and there uh, regarding those two uh, topics. Uh, here with me to talk to you about all that today, Mr. David Arona. Hey, hey. And I am your host, Louis Barone, and uh, Bobby will not be joining us here t- uh, today. He's uh, Life is hitting Bobby uh, right now, so uh, we're going to uh, give him some time, and uh, he'll uh, take some uh, much-needed uh, me time. So uh, we-, we hope to have him back next week, um, and hopefully there'll be some other news to talk about at that point, because uh, we- every week... Uh, in the off season, we're hoping that something pops up uh, to have something to talk about. Um, and little by little, it's it, it's coming out. So, you know, I guess we're trading along nicely right now. How you doing, David? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 enjoying you just sort of like trying to tread water. Like, uh, we're, we're we're talking about stuff, right? Because really, like you you said, we have some news. We don't really have news because mm. most of what we're going to talk about is all assumed and and just kind of speculation and then the other thing was like you said the worst kept secret in uh in american soccer history but before i mean it is it is an assumption but if i'm a betting man i sure i bet i bet that it's happening there are things there are things in place and 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 we've heard from from people that have already you know just it's it's a foregone conclusion but until as bobby always says until that dude's holding up that jersey you never know um but before we get to that, um, how are you doing, man? I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm okay. You, you you mentioned earlier off off the uh, off the air that you have your tree already. Uh, do you go fake or do you go real tree? Oh, you gotta go real, man. You gotta go real. Okay. You you gotta get that that Christmasly pine smell. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So I always want to go real. Um. I I I don't mind that. Trees are kind of expensive because it's it. There's nothing like having that real, just de- real tree in your in your house. You know, granted, yeah, it's dead and dying, but just go to Costco, smell. man. Yeah, yeah. Eight eight foot tree, thirty five bucks. I know I, that was that was surprising. Usually, you guys only have uh, Costco only has six to seven foot trees, but uh, eight foot tree, it's crazy. Yeah, we're seven to eight foot tree, thirty five bucks. Yeah. It's I mean. It's you, you can't go wrong. No. You, they actually might even throw a hot dog in there. So, <laughs> so Cruz, so Cruz wants to get Cruz, my wife. Um, she, for the last three years, has said that she wants to get a flocked Christmas tree. Um, I've never re- been, really been that much of a fan of, of that look, um, mainly because I've only ever seen the flocking done with like the spray can that you buy, and it's highly flammable and and pretty much defeats the purpose of getting a real tree because. It's, you know, the flocking just c- kills the snow completely. Yeah. Um, and every year we go to a Christmas tree lot and we looked at the flock trees and we pick one out. We go, wow, this one's amazing. 
and then we like how much is how much is this three hundred and twenty dollars? That's okay. We're gonna go to Costco. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we did we did the exercise again this year, uh, and I ran into this absolutely gorgeous flocked tree that was galaxy blue. It was incredible. And I, I posted a picture up on uh, up on our Twitter, and goddamn, if that didn't get like one of the most engaged tweets in the last like six months, <laughs> you 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 text us, uh, you, you text Bobby and I the picture. Uh, oh no no, actually no, you didn't. I actually ran across it the same way when when, when I was on the Twitter. I saw I saw that the, the picture, and and then I, I immediately text you, where is this tree? <laughs> <laughs> Where can I get it? Because it's mine, and you know, obviously, I know that it wasn't going to be going to be cheap. And at the end, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just get this picture, blow it up, and hang it on the wall. You know, <laughs> there you maybe, go. Maybe, I can go take a better picture of it. I'll go take a better picture of it. Yeah, I'll get it professionally done. But yeah, it, it was a gorgeous looking tree. I mean, if if uh, yeah, if there was any way that it was any reasonably reasonably priced. I probably would go for it. I know my girl would be like, "Yeah, I don't want that," and I would just say, "Well, yeah." You say, "Well, it's not for you. it's not for you. It's going in the recording studio. It, it's going in the recording studio. <laughs> God knows how I'm going to fit it in there." But we're gonna, you we can't park your car in the garage for 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 the next month. Yeah, I'm going to live in there, have it all smell. I mean, I'll, I'll probably have to, you know find some sort of I'll, I'll get like a branch of a real tree just to have that Christmassy smell yeah you go you but, buy the wreath yeah yeah and then you know you, you you decorate it you put the gold and you know the white ornaments and then you put the five stars on the top because you gotta have five <sighs> yeah stars you gotta have five stars so. um i mean you can hang the i already have the scarves that you can hang instead of the ribbons like it's oh see it's, there it is it's perfect it, it decorates itself come on it really does <laughs> i mean Okay, um, which begs the question. Maybe we should just get our money together and just buy said tree. You're probably right. You know what was funny is that there was a little miniature one right next to it. So those trees were already sold. Um, they were custom. They were custom flocked. So I assume I have to assume that whoever wanted it, you know, they requested that it get flocked blue, um, and then uh, and then they were going to come pick it up, you know, later that day or the next day or whatever it might be. Uh, but it bucks the trend, as you as you know. Uh, it bucks the trend that's been happening. Everybody's been doing black Christmas trees, or uh, as uh, as we've seen in the White House's murder room, uh, they're doing red Christmas trees, which is terrifying. I don't know if you've seen that picture, Lewis. I, I have seen that picture. That is fucking terrifying! Like Christmas nightmares. That thing would bring me. Um, if if you guys haven't seen it, just you know, Google White House Christmas trees 2018. You'll 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 find it. Um, God damn. I mean, it is. It really would be Satan's tree, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's. Yeah. And just call him as I see him. Exactly. Um, <laughs> other than that, other than that, um, things are good. I am exhausted. So ever since. Thanksgiving, I have been working on uh, rearranging my home entertainment center, and I finally got it finished over the weekend. Um, so, uh, you know, like Sunday night, like I got a, I got a new TV. I hung up like some cabinets, floating shelves, and stuff like that. 
And of course, uh, when I'm when I finished it the next day, my wife says, "So, what do you think about the new TV? Do you, is it everything you wanted?" I was like, "I don't think I've turned it on." <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that Copa Libertadores keeps getting delayed, man. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll be able to watch the Copa Libertadores in HDR, so I'm happy about that. There you go. Of course, that. <laughs> what am I talking about? That's never going to get played. Um, but well, you can play it on FIFA 19. That's true. I can. You could put and you could put Boca versus LA. Ah, I like it. Can I get LA to like right, right in front of your tree? <laughs> My blue tree, exactly. Your blue tree. They uh, both have the. They both have the same colors, by the way. So you know. I guess you can go. I guess you can go river and you know beat them and you know have justice served. I don't know though, man. I can't. I, like we talked about last week. I kind of feel like both clubs are. It just kind of. Neither one of them, I think, deserve. To be champions of this tournament, they both sin. Come on, they're both they're both in bad shape right now. I don't, I, I don't see how Boca has uh, has a blame for this. I mean, everything would have been no, fine. No, if no, no. They no. Had I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're a blame for it, but like that situation in itself is a powder keg. Like that was just waiting to happen, and and Boca has been guilty of, but the Boca supporters have been guilty of doing stuff, uh, you know, to River in the past. So it's not like they're completely innocent. Uh, bystanders here. They're, they're, you know, they have a part to play in in, in yeah. all of that. Yeah. By the way, yeah, we did talk about it. It's tainted, so it's it, like it I, I'm not even excited to watch it anymore. But it is what it is. Um. So I. So the galaxy. The galaxy hosted a uh, season ticket member event, uh, pickup soccer, on Friday night, and I uh, I attended with the uh, with my kids. Uh, my kids played uh, with with a bunch of the other kids. Uh, that were there i got to play for the first time in like maybe two years lewis um as as it's been a while it's been a while i've had some issues with my foot and so um i haven't really been able to get on there like every time it's starting to feel better it starts to you know something happens um but i finally got out there uh i played three games with uh, just some dudes that were there they were super cool everybody like it was a really cool event like the 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 games were semi-competitive, but everybody was in good spirits. Like there was, no, you know, whenever you get together with soccer players uh, and you have a bunch of people, you always feel like there might be that one or two guys that are just going to make it not fun for everybody, you know, or just like take it too seriously. But I don't think there was a single, you know, person out there that wasn't just like out there just like having fun nobody was getting mad at anybody for you know missing a kick or or whatever it might be uh or or for playing a bad pass it was all it was only good fun so it was it was super cool um i really do hope that the galaxy throws more events like this because it was really uh, nice to be out there on the practice fields uh playing you know playing on this on the same fields that uh that the guys play on um that's really cool i actually haven't played in a long time, um, I've actually had um, major issues with my um, conditioning, <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm out so, of shape. <laughs> I'm out of shape. I, I didn't uh, say I, I wasn't. I'll go was... five. I'll go five minutes, and it would seem like I went like 180. Um, it's it, it, it wouldn't be <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be a pretty sight. It would be like remember that time uh, I underestimated the uh, the the speed of the indoor game, and I went in there thinking that I can just hit the ground running and i think i had like 
two hotlings before I actually did it. And, I, <laughs> and then I ran for about five minutes. I go, I need to be subbed off right now. Got that out of my system. All right, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> of course, my throat is burning me the rest of the way. So oh, gross. that was fun. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. But I, actually, I, I've been wanting to play to, to get back, even if it's just like a small little pickup game. But um, especially in about a few years when I have to go out into the field and teach my now who's going to be one-year-old son uh eventually you know get him out to the park and start kicking that ball around and so as soon as he's walking I mean, man put a ball in front of him come on oh you think he as doesn't have a ball walking. in front of him already yeah but he's using his hands i've seen him he's using his hands and his mouth i'm pretty sure you can't do that not unless you leave suarez true this is true you know then again you know you can it's like baseball you know baseball pitchers like you know they put some weird, I don't know what the hell baseball players do to the ball that, that, you know, they put tar on it or whatever, you know, Vaseline, your, your son, Vaseline, your son uses, you know, drool. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Give a couple of inches to your curveball. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, needless to say though, I was sore the next day, like really sore. I think what's today, Tuesday, this happened Friday night. So I was sore from Friday or from Friday night till about this morning. Jeez. Yeah. That sounds about Muscles right. Muscles I've forgotten about hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I actually hope they do that again because I would actually like to go out there and, and do something like that. I think the last time I did something like that, Galaxy-related, I think that was the Riot Squad. They had like a pickup game, and it was it was, it was was years ago, and it was Christmas Eve. And it was like 100 degrees at 9 in the morning. Was that, Do you beer, remember that? beer and gymnastics? I don't was remember that, what was, it was. was that it, that? it was a long time ago, though. Yeah, I remember they used to host a thing in like Whittier or something. And it was called yes. beer and gymnastics. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It was in Whittier. It was in Whittier. Yeah. And I, I think I went there one time. It was like 9 in the morning, 10 in the morning. And we're just, we're just covered in sweat. Like, why is it? christmas eve and why is it a hundred degrees it was literally like 97 degrees that morning and we we're just like dumbfounded that the entire country is probably covered in snow except for us <laughs> right um remember that re, speaking of, of playing pickup soccer remember that time like i think it was easter where uh us and a bunch of our cousins just like went to the to the local field to play a game and we ran into like what ended up being the Harlem Globetrotters of pickup soccer, and they just wiped the floor with us. Was that Easter? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I mean, we used to do a lot of things. I mean, every every get together, we would go down to that local park, either play soccer or basketball, or volleyball. I remember for or volleyball. I actually remember a couple a couple times we we had uh, football games. I, it didn't I mean it was actually really odd, but I I do remember playing football a couple times, but it was mostly. Uh, basketball or soccer, but yeah, I remember that. I remember getting, but it, to be honest, anyone uh, uh, um, plays against our family is going to look like the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> of anything. We have, <laughs> we have the the um, all the prestige and, and and skill levels of the uh, the Guatemalan. <laughs> I, I was going to say you're talking to eleven out of shape Guatemalans. You do the <laughs> you do the math there. <laughs> That's why we never played basketball, though. Although we did play basketball quite a few times. Quite a uh, few times, actually. <laughs> and there was a time I broke my uncle's toe. <laughs> no, we were playing 
What? No, we were playing we were soccer. soccer. That was soccer. Right? We were playing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's get to uh, let's get back to galaxy stuff. So, Lewis, uh, let's talk about something a little bit a little bit kind of sideways side galaxy related. Um, Robbie Keane has announced that he has retired from the game. He will no longer play soccer. Uh, it, it's about time. Um, it, it, I think it's sad that he didn't retire with us. He didn't retire going out with the trophy, to be honest. Uh, I, I think he deserved uh, – we had talked about this uh, about Ashley Cole last week that not everybody can get that You know, Landon Donovan, David Beckham – farewell uh i had mentioned that ashley cole probably deserved it uh i think robbie Keane is more deserving of it i mean obviously i know he had three uh the man brought three, us cups. three cups yeah yeah he has three cups but uh he he in his final season it wasn't exactly uh the best season he played for us and it wasn't um you know he he didn't really depart on a good note and um it, had, it was a little unfortunate play next to him dude i mean you know what what which is part of the reason why he didn't, you know, end up <laughs> on a good note. But uh, you know, he ends up going to uh, India. He wasn't done with the game yet. He ends up becoming a uh, player coach for uh, I can't even remember which I team think it's it was. Atletico. Whatever it was, I, I, I it was know. like Atletico Calcutta. Calcutta. I, I was gonna say I think Calcutta is the one that's kind of like popping onto my head right now. But yeah. Um, so, you know, he retires and he's uh, already an assistant coach on the Irish national team. So good for him. Uh, you know, God, uh, my captain, man, that, that, that guy was uh, was a joy to watch. I I mean, from, from the moment that that uh, that he came in and got us a title to, you know, it's just uh, re- remarkable to watch him play. Although it was also just as equally frustrating. Uh, to oh, watch was, he well. was very frustrating to watch. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember my very first introduction to Robbie Keane was in the 2002 World Cup against uh, Ireland versus Germany. He scored a late equalizer, um, and I went nuts. I I don't know why I was watching that game. I mean, it, it was the World Cup, so that's probably why I was watching the game, but. I remember that feeling of just like, oh my god, this guy is clutch, and and then yeah, when when we signed him, somebody somebody that I know that was a Liverpool fan told me that I was he Robbie Keane misses the or scores the most impressive goals, but misses the easiest goals that you can imagine. And, and I don't think that was the case for his MLS career, but I mean, the what the man did, if you look at the guy, you, you were, he's very unassuming as a, as a soccer player. He doesn't look fast. He doesn't look strong. You know, he's, he just looks like a regular guy and, and a guy that you're going to want to have a beer with. Yeah, Exactly. And the way he was able to outsmart people, the way he was able to just overpower people sometimes, the way he just, God, the way he did things was incredible. Watching him at the Galaxy, I mean, probably some of my best memories watching that guy play. Frustrated. I was frustrated as all hell sometimes. But he also brought me great joy. A lot of joy. Yeah, Incredible career for Robbie Keane. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, obviously when when news broke out that he retired, you know, all of MLS is, you know, paying their tribute and respect, and and the uh, the the debate of who truly is the greatest DP in league history. Um, I think right now it's still Robbie Keane. Um, there are other names that you definitely want to put up there, and I think one of the reasons uh, also is David Villa was also uh, retiring. Yeah, but- and so, David so Villa, he was part of that. But David Villa doesn't have the MLS trophies. He doesn't. He doesn't. And I think, like, uh, well, my favorite interaction, my favorite little debate was between Josie Altador and Mike McGee. Um, when Josie basically, you know, said it, it's Jovinko and it's not even close. That was not and, even a know, debate, though, dude. <laughs> that was not a debate. Like, it really was. Like, I get it. He's your teammate. You got to say that, right? And and I understand Jovinko, that the guy was, uh, is brilliant. And you know he 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 wins a couple more you know cups w- with Toronto. Yeah, he might be put in that same conversation because um, what he has been doing, well, how he captivated the league in the first two uh, seasons he was playing was remarkable. Uh, so he's definitely in the conversation. But to say that it's not even close, that was probably the the poor take right there. And of course, Mike McGee, the great Mike McGee, comes in there and says, "Hey man, I love Jovinko, but I'm just saying if you put Jovinko and Robbie Keane in a telephone booth." I promise you, Robbie Keane is coming out with that trophy, <laughs> and he's not. He wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong, and so um, that was a fun little exchange oh there. God. But uh, Robbie but Keane would true. just Robbie Keane would rip Jovinko in half. Yeah, good yeah. God. And, and, see that that part wouldn't be close at all. Um, that 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 guy was such a such a fierce competitor. Uh, pretty close to what you know Zlatan brings. Um, to us, you know, we, we, we talked about how competitive the uh, the spirit of Zlatan is. A guy hates to lose. Rob Keane was the same way. You saw it on the field. I, you saw how constantly he was frustrated at his players. Like, no, you need to be here. You need to be there. You need to do better. I mean, the guy was always constantly trying to win, trying to win, trying to win. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it may not have uh, bode well for many players, but he certainly got the respect. And um, he certainly got the results as well. So, um yeah, it, it, it's it's a shame, like I said, that he didn't leave with the trophy um, in his last season. But um, yeah, um, I I have missed that guy. I have missed the the Robbie Keane of old and the the, the one who, uh, who who brought us uh, three titles. I mean, to call Robbie Keane almost as fierce as a competitor of uh, Zlatan, or to call Zlatan close. I mean, have you seen Zlatan's interactions with kids? He's He's very he's very nice. He's he's very giving to the to children. Have you seen Robbie Keane's reaction uh, interactions with his own kid? Dude, he he's in the backyard, you know, practicing uh playing soccer with his kid and he scores a banger on him and then just goes and celebrates in his face. You tell me Robbie Keane is <laughs> or Zlatan is close as a a competitor to Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane will, Robbie Keane will rub it in a in a kid's face. I I'll always remember I'll always remember. I don't remember under like what interview it was, but I always remember that Magic Johnson. Uh, we talk about like some fierce competitors around, you know, sports, and and you think of Michael Jordan, you think of Kobe Bryant, uh, you think of guys that just do whatever it takes to win. And uh, Magic Johnson was one of them. Someone was interviewing him, and like he he did like some like little event or something where you know something with kids and they're playing one-on-one with magic but magic would still always win the game <laughs> and somebody <laughs> and somebody called him out on it. it's like hey man like if when you have a winning mentality you're winning 
anything and everything. You know, I'm not going to blow the kid out, but I'm going to win by one basket, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and I just like, I, I remember, th- I, I'll never forget that. It was just, it's just so funny. And definitely Robbie Keane is going to be, you know, <laughs> remembered as that as well. Like, hey, man, I don't care if it's my own kid, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to win. I'm a winner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we all miss that. And uh, um I think we need like more of those players in uh, in our organization and definitely in our front office right now. So, um, you know, wow. I know, I know. Well, I guess th- uh, there you go. You said it. So. There it is. I did it. Let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about it. There's uh, so um, it's been nearly a month. If it hasn't been a month already. Um, I think it has been over a month since uh, Peter Vianis was relieved of his uh, duties as president of soccer operations. <laughs> and duties. Um, technically, to this day, December 4th, uh, we still don't have one. But uh, it appears that the announcement that one will be hired is imminent. Uh, it looks that the, the deal is all but done, and it does look like Dennis DeClose is going to be the next uh, president of soccer operations slash uh, GM of the Los Angeles Galaxy. Now, uh, again, this is not official, but there's a lot of things that have been happening in and around uh, the Twitterverse um, that leads us to believe that this is all but done. Um, we know that um, Sam St- uh, Stachko had reported that uh, they're back in talks. It's very close to, to, to being a done deal. Um uh, this was, I think, last week, uh, the day after we recorded, I believe. And then um, Saturday, there was a picture of Dennis DeClose with his uh, uh, colleagues over at the Mexican Federation uh, throwing him a farewell party. That was quickly him- deleted. Quickly deleted. Quickly deleted, which you know begs the question as to why. That's innocent enough, right? There's nothing there. There's nothing telling. The most uh, transparent organization in the league. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, you got that. Um, there are rumors that DeClose was at StubHub Center this weekend. Um, some say just to finalize that deal, you know, uh, cross the T's, dot the I's. Uh, others have been saying that he was there watching a uh, youth academy game. I believe that was, kind that of was like, Monday night. Monday night he was watching an academy game at, at StubHub. Okay. So uh, either way, he is in uh, Los Angeles. So uh, th- there's no reason for him to be around this organization unless uh, he had already signed. And you know what? To be honest, uh, it-, it could very well be that because um, we-, we had heard reports from Kevin Baxter that the 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 moment that Pete Vianis was fired, they offered to close to the, the the position and they had a contract ready to go. They thought they were, that they were going to get their man, and then he he kind of backed out. The way everything kind of played out, it, it almost seems that it was always going to happen. It just wasn't made official. Yeah, and and a lot of it, we don't know what his contract is with FMF. Like it's possible because today I heard that there was uh, some somebody said that he may not be released until the end of this month, which is uh, January twenty fourth. January twenty fourth, <laughs> December thirty first. Um, so one has to assume that that's for contract reasons. Uh, it's possible that we maybe don't even get an announcement this week. Maybe we don't get one until after the new year. But but at the same time, uh, uh, it I sounds, doubt it. at the same time, it sounds like he's already uh, doing doing work. He's already 
advising and 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 having his uh, his say. Uh, reports are that he's already talked to Dominic Kinnear about the head coaching position. So it's it's very possible that he's already doing the job, um, just not in an official capacity, or he's just trying to keep it on the download because he does maybe he does have a contract with FMF until the end of December. Yeah, he uh, was. So we last week we had said that look we uh, the the organization had to make decisions on which contracts they wanted to pick up, which contracts they they, they wanted to app the uh, you know decline the option to. And um, we went over that and say, hey, look, someone's making these decisions. And regardless of who it is, it's not the man who is supposed to be making the decisions. Someone should have been hired by now. And uh, they're the ones that are supposed to be making this, these decisions because according to the title, he is going to be controlled, controlling everything about the soccer aspect of the organization. And Chris Klein, presumably, is not going to be involved in that process anymore. So in doing that, you are pretty much handicapping and putting a plan in place already for the, the new GM. Well, it, it appears that Tecoso probably did have a say um, as to what players to um, – to release or to you know to decline the option to, and if he has been talking to Dominic Kinnear, um, you got to figure that you know Dominic Kinnear had a say in what players um, you know he wanted and which ones he didn't. So um, because uh, Sam Stachko also said in his article that Dominic Kinnear, as you said, Dave, is now being considered as a strong candidate for that head coaching position, which is. I'm not really sure what to think of that. I, I don't think that you're going to hire a a GM just to keep that same coach. I think he will do a more extensive uh, a more extensive extensive search, and he should. Now, if he comes down to the point that Dominic Kinnear is the best candidate, then so be it. But I find that hard to believe. Well, you what you do is you you come in if if uh, Dom Kinnear is impressing to closer then. You know what? What? What else can you do? You, you know, like maybe your top tier coach that you have in mind isn't available right now. Uh, maybe you keep Dom Kinnear in another capacity. Uh, that's possible. It's possible that you bring him in. We don't have an academy director right now, so maybe he's a good candidate to run the academy uh, going forward. I think. I, know. I think that Dom Kinnear. Is and I, and I know this goes against a lot of the other things that I've said right now, but if you're going to keep Dom Kinnear, then I would prefer to have him in a in a youth academy role or an advisory role rather than a head coach. <clears throat> I so think, I, had I think you shoot your shot. You go for you go for a head coach. You think he would? accept that you think that he would say like take that big of a step down and say sure i'll i'll, I'll uh, be the head coach of one of your youth teams or even g2 like you really think he would take that step down rather than to go off somewhere else and become a head coach of another mls team or even you know uh you know anywhere else well if he likes it in la and he wants to be still be part of the reclamation project um, sure. I think I, I, I don't 
think it's a step down for him. I think you give him more control than you would have had as a head coach, and you let him just kind of do his own thing as a as a academy director or as I, I don't think he's a G. I don't think he's a, a candidate for G two. I think that would be a step down. I don't think he would go for that. But I think if you if you give him more control and you say, okay, Dom, we're going to have you concentrate on this aspect of the organization, then maybe that's something that's interesting to him. Now, remember, he did not move his family down here when he took when he took the Galaxy job. They still live in the Bay Area, so it's possible that he goes back to San Jose. But does he have a job in San Jose? Is does he have something similar over there, or does he go? You know. He's gonna have to go to like a Colorado or um, Minnesota or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't think any right. any of the other top tier MLS teams are gonna go for somebody like him. So I think but, but that's LA, my, that's, that's LA my is point. I mean, I mean that's my point. I mean, he could still get a head coaching job. Yeah, it may not be one of the top tier teams, but he would still be head coach of a professional team instead of being. Uh, a coach in some, uh, you know, youth development where he's really not going to get as much praise because I would think that's kind of disrespectful. To be perfectly honest, a guy who uh, had a team, who inherited a team who was dead in the water and was literally forty-five minutes away from completing a miracle. Let's just be honest; it, it would be a, a near miracle that they had less than eight percent chance to make the playoffs, and they pulled it off. They or they were that close to pulling it off before a meltdown in the, in the final forty-five minutes. So yeah, he can go to Colorado. Yes, he could probably go to Minnesota. He could probably go to Orlando, and he would still be the head coach, and he, he would still have that project of, hey, let me turn this team around. I think that would be a lot more um, – he would be a lot more interested in something like that, I think. But you know, that's just me. I really don't know what's in his head. Um, but to keep him as – I mean, I wouldn't completely be upset if he stayed on as coach, but the only reason I'm saying that is because – um, at one point, Caleb Porter was uh, presumably the number one choice. Yeah. Um, and number two, the players seem to really like and respect Dominic Kinnear. Um, and they seem to have gotten behind him and they played for him. And they certainly played a lot better than they, they were playing against Siggy. So um, there is that part of it. But what I, I had said before is that if at the end of the day, Dominic Kinnear ends up being the head coach, it means that you couldn't find anybody else. And... There's a part of me that still believes that, especially with a new, presumably a new direction that that the, the team is going with a uh, with this new GM that is going to, again, presumably uh, change the, the the philosophy and the culture and you know the, the the same fuck ups that have been running this team are no longer going to be there, or at least are not going to have um, as big of a say. Um, as before, where now everything has to run through him. Um, I would be disappointed that at the end of the day, they still stick stuck with Dom. If that's the case, well, I know Bobby would disagree with me, uh, like the whole way through. Well, well, what if what if that's not what if that change doesn't come in year one? What if that ch- change comes in year two, three? You know, there is it possible that they're going to keep Dom Kinnear? This year, like they sign him on for a one-year deal, and then they bring in you know someone really high-profile that's going to execute to close uh, to close's um, vision a little bit more. You, but you also got to remember that we even talked about it that 2019 
with oh, his I, offense coming I know, what it, it, I know it, what it is from a fan's perspective. From our perspective, it's MLS copper bus. But that might not be the way that they're seeing it. If they were to... If the new GM comes in, and let's say he's... Again, you take this with a grain of salt. Let's say he comes out and he is transparent. Let's say he is honest with the fans. And let's say he is more... Um, you know, open with them saying, Hey, you know what? Don't expect anything this year or next. We have a, I have a plan in mind. This is my plan. We're going to do this in, you know, let's say three years. We plan to be competing for MLS cup. And the, the, the plan that we have in place, um, is going to, you know, lead us into the, you know, the next decade. And we're going to be up there with the, with the elite teams once again, blah, blah, blah. But, the next couple of years will be rebuilding. Would you be okay with that? I think I think I would be more okay with it if they came out and told us rather than what they've been doing the last two years of, you know, I believe exactly. in this team. I think, you know, this this team is really good. You know, we just have to get healthy. I you know, that was that was never gonna happen. So right. and, I, and so, I think I would be more okay with it. It'd be hard to swallow, but if we started to see the steps going toward that, I think fans would be more than okay with that. See, so so that's that was actually half my point is that had the organization done that two years ago, yeah, yeah it would have been hard to swallow, but it. I would we've have accepted it. Yeah, that. we have talked we, about we, it. Here's the problem what, that I have with that now is that a team with Zlatan, with Ola Kamara, with Jonathan Dos Santos, with Romano Alessandrini, with David Bingham. And whatever other piece that you are adding to this puzzle, and presumably, again, you, now you have a competent man in charge. And whatever p- pieces that you decide to bring in, you cannot tell me that 2019 is rebuilding. I wouldn't accept that. There's no way that you're going to tell me with that core right there, you are in a rebuilding year. There is no way. So, so do you expect? So, what are, what are we what are we expecting to see? We're seeing a team put together this year. To win MLS Cup, to try or to try and compete for MLS Cup, and then the year if we let's say we make it to the Western Conference Final or we make it to um, we make it to uh, uh, MLS Cup, but we don't win, um, and then I and think- then and then that year after two, 2019, we jettison everybody the way that we did after 2016 and start that rebuilding process. Would you be okay with that? I think as long as see, but whatever guys you're bringing in, you got to assume that you're not bringing in some 34 year old where you're well, one and done. But but you got to be you got to be in order to compete yourself, for look, MLS Cup. If that's the way, if that's what's going to get you to MLS Cup, is that what you do? No, because there's a way around it. I mean, you're yes, you have your core, but you also have to say, look, we're also planning, you know, three four years ahead. We may not have. Zlatan. We may not have Jonathan. We may not have Roman. So you you have these pieces right now, and they're good pieces. We gotta use that for for you know for right now. The pieces that you're bringing in are gonna complement at least the core that you have now, and at the same time, still be there for the next. Because after 2019, you have presumably all three DP slots open, and then at that point, you're going all out. I assume that you are going all out where 2020 
You, you have three fresh new DPs, and you go after anyone that you want. I'm you go after Harry Kane. You go after uh, <laughs> you go after Neymar. You go after. Uh, I think Cristiano will probably be too old at that point, but um, he would. Still you go. He would. Well, he would, so he would still, yeah, he would. You go after Messi. Uh, whoever it is that you're bringing in, you also have a very good supplemental core there you already have like those pieces that glue everything together now you just need those big pieces to fill in and again this is all assumption that this is going to be the plan or some sort of a plan that's what you want to do but next season with the players that you currently have on the roster right now i think that you have to at least be believing that you're going to be somewhat competitive enough to get to a final. Will you be at the, you know, at the top with an Atlanta or a New York? Probably not. But it's but, but you, you know, have, but at the same time it's MLS. Like look at what happened to Toronto. They were no, the no, no, best no. I, team in the I, league for 2 years and then they fell apart. I agree. But we also have missed the playoffs for 2 years. I mean, I, I mean, if you really really want to go back down and you're saying, look, at the very minimum you got to make the playoffs, you have to absolutely make the playoffs because if you're comparing 2017 with 2018, you're saying, well, you went from wooden spoon to literally 45 minutes from a playoff spot. That's about as close as you're going to get. So next season to improve, you got to 100% be in a playoff spot. But I think it's more than that. I think you have to have at least one of the top three seeds and you have to get to at least a Western Conference or going into the fi- into the playoffs, you have to be one of the favorites or one of the dark let, horses uh, to say you have a legitimate chance to getting into MLS Cup. Okay, Whether so or let, not let you're me, winning is a different story. Let me ask you this last thing before we move on to the next uh, thing. Um, similar scenario to what I posed to you about you know making the Western Conference or, or making it to MLS Cup but not, making it, but not winning it uh, and then rebuilding. If we say if we did something like the Red Bulls, uh, we were supporter shield winners. We came close, if not break, the all-time MLS uh, points record. But we don't win MLS Cup. Will you take that uh, next year? Yes. Yes, because it would show. There's two things. Number one, it would show a massive turnaround, and two, you know that you hired the right person for the job. And going forward, now that you have, hey, I'm about to get three new DPs, I am fucking salivating in 2020. Uh, you don't re-sign some of these DPs? Um, I, I guess you would have to evaluate again, and that would be up to the GM to say, you know, because again, presumably, you are probably thinking three, four, five years down the line. Do you want to slide? Do you want to get locked? to uh, Allison Dreaming for another three years when you can get somebody else or in a different position of need after that season. Um, you know, the same thing goes with, uh, you're not bringing Gio. I'm assuming that you're not no, bringing no, Gio no, no. back. I, I got to assume that Jonathan's going to be gone. Yeah, he should have been dead to us. Yeah, whatever. Um, you got to assume that if you do uh, re-sign Roman Alessandrini, and he's even said, I want to stay in LA for another three years. It's up, to, you know, if it were up to him, he would stay for another three years. Um, you got to assume that the the Santos brothers are gone 
after 2019. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, Jonathan has said that he has like four years left on his contract. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how to interpret that, to be honest. I, I really don't. Because uh, that sounds crazy to, to sign a guy for five years to a DP deal. You know, oh, what you do it, is you sign it for two years, you renegotiate, you renegotiate, you re, you know, throughout the, as the time goes on. And for me, like, I think that everybody, everybody in MLS who's going to sign a DP needs to look at the Wayne Rooney contract and model it after that, because that has a right. ton of performance incentive bonuses and, and yep. all that stuff. So that's how uh, a, a DP contract should be, should be structured. Uh, I, I agree. Think it was, I think it was, uh, maybe it was when Eddie Johnson was in Seattle and he was clamoring for a DP contract. Remember he scored that goal and then he went to like, he, you know, went up to the, 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 the box, the press boxes or the, the luxury boxes to where you, you have to assume the owner was. And he did the like, you know, like pay me sign. Yeah. Um, and then he got his DP contract and then he was trash. Um, yep. I think that the way you, you, make your DP contracts is the way that you, you, they did for Wayne Rooney. Uh, you, you gotta make that, um, you gotta put incentive bonuses like crazy in there. Or else, you know, if you're not performing, you ain't getting paid buddy. Yeah. That's um, actually a, a perfect model. And I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, and as galaxy fans, uh, you know, seeing Gio's contract, I mean, that is something that I'm pretty sure most, if not all galaxy fans are, are, uh, or would be in favor for, because uh, if you look at what Zlatan did this year, you know, okay, well, we'll give you this deal right here, but you got to hit this many goals, and you know Zlatan is going to be more than uh, up for that task, like, oh, this is going to get me, you know, <laughs> this is going to get my contract, this is going to help me win games, yeah, I'm going to freaking do it. Like, I can do this in my sleep. Um, so, yeah, I 100% I agree with that. Um, but as, as I said, I think if uh, under your scenario... I would be okay with that because it shows that you know what we've we've definitely turned a corner and we came up short but the what the point is is that we're back that we are back on top we're here to stay and we got the right man for the job um assuming that uh Teclose is signed so before we move on from Teclose now we, we've talked about him um I mean what do you think of this pick what is your opinion uh, well, on this pick well look the only thing i can go off of and and i have to admit i haven't done a ton of research on on this guy's record he uh, basically what i know about him was he was in charge at chivas usa during the good years during the bob bradley years um he built up that academy which a lot of the galaxy academy guys that were bearing the fruits for right now like efren alvarez uh yanez guys like that those all were kind of from his, under his uh, guidance. Um, and he has been in charge at FMF and FMF is not an easy place to build anything. I mean, that thing is a powder keg as well. Um, but under his guidance, the FMF has sort of seemed to stabilize itself. Um, I thought that, um, uh, Juan Carlos Osorio for for what his all the the faults he had I think he's a good coach and and that was probably a, a good fit for Mexico at the time obviously he's gotten rid of the Hugo Sanchez's and and you know guys like that are, that are just names and there to to just sort of unbalance everything um, FMF I think is on the up so it, it's a good sign. It's a good sign that he's that he's uh, been able to do that in his time there. 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, what, what I what I first thought of when I'm I'm hearing this name and you know what he has uh, uh, done in his career and what he's currently at right now. Two things uh, stand out. Number one, you have a guy who knows what he's doing. So you're not hiring some guy off the street saying, "Hey, come, you know, play for this uh, or come run this organization. This is your first job, so let's just go see you know, what you do." Because it seems like something that Chris Lang would do, Pete Lainus. Um So you hired a competent guy. So at least in that sense, you are headed in the right direction. Like you said, he is uh, in charge of the, uh, the the Mexican national teams and the youth team. So th- that's not just like some, you know, little ragtag job. That that's a pretty big job. Um, probably one of the bigger jobs this side of the world. So, um, uh, th- that, that's a pretty good get right there. The other thing is that, that, that popped out is that I said to myself, Chris Klein finally got his Mexican. In fact, he has an, a whole fucking pipeline to Mexico now. Well, but to close is not Mexican. He's not, but he has a pipeline to Mexico. Sure. So he could, he could bring in, I mean, if he's well aware of these, um, Uh, if he's aware of these youth players, he can easily say, I'm going to take this guy. This guy has a shit ton of potential. No one has really seen him yet. No one has heard of him yet. I can sign him for not even a TAM deal. This guy can tear it up and then, you know, we can get a, a few good years out of him here for cheap. Um, you know, I mean, he, he he'll know exactly what the talent is down there. And again, Chris Klein got his Mexican. Um, he can get an up and coming Mexican. He, you got to figure that he has good relations with the uh, the current Mexican players right now. He can bring in one of those if he so w- uh, uh, sees that. Hey, he's gonna fit in in my system. Uh, maybe looking at 2020. Um, he has good relationships with. Uh, I'm assuming uh, many of the clubs in Mexico. He can grab one of their players. He can grab one of their coaches if he really wanted to. And again. Chris Klein got his Mexican. He can get Miguel Herrera. He can get any other name that may or may not attract that demographic that the Galaxy have really, really coveted. Uh, you know, for for many seasons. I, I, again, I it, it it bothers me so much because yes, the Galaxy have certainly pandered to that Mexican audience, which you know what they were never gonna go. They were never gonna drop their their club allegiances and uh, you know. The Galaxy would be their number one club. Um, they were they're they're looking at the wrong, uh, you know, the, the the wrong demographic here. They needed to be going after the kids of those people. You know what I mean? Kids that grew up here. Um, LAFC. I, I gotta admit, LAFC. They went for that demographic and they got it. Now, here's the here's the thing that uh, you know, a lot of MLS executives kind of used to think like, oh, we just got to hire, we just got to get a Mexican and, 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 you know, that'll get us that audience. No, just play good, attractive soccer. That's all it is. Like, it doesn't matter if all your guys are from Africa or Asia. If you're playing pretty style and you're representing the city that you're in, people will come. People will, yeah. you know, um, Like I said, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna drop the allegiance to whatever their their number one team is, but they'll think about the Galaxy more. You know, they'll think about that team that's playing good, attractive soccer. They'll do it. Hmm. I I I agree. I I was always in the I was always on the side of if you're winning games, the fans will come. Doesn't matter who you have on your team. 
you build them up. You market them that way. I talked about marketing last week. If you market, hey, you need to watch this guy. I'm, I'm aware you've never heard of him, but you got to watch him play. He's one of our best players. He's one of the best players in the league. Let's go ahead and throw this MVP campaign or this Rookie of the Year campaign or this whatever. You know, you market it that way rather than watch this guy. We have this guy on the team. He sucks. He's not scoring. He's on the bench. He's always hurt. But he's on our team. Come watch <laughs> us. Yeah. You know? So, um, so I mean, yeah, I, I'm always in that camp. Just make a name for yourself. You know, uh, you know, if you can get that name already like Zatan, then, you know, by all means. But if, if you can hire, like, I, I mean, I, I even said it many times. I'd rather take, you know, a no-name that's going to be hungry and make a name for himself than some, like, over-the-hill guy that, yeah, I'm just here for a paycheck. Now, obviously, Zlatan didn't fall under that category. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I want a guy like, you know, Alessandrini. No one heard, heard of Alessandrini when, when, uh, when he was first signed. I remember there was a huge uproar on Twitter that we use a DP slot on a player that nobody had ever heard of. I remember that like very, very well. And now he's what he's a fan favorite. The guy made a name for himself. That's what I want. That's what I, you know, that, that's what should be happening. Um, and then, uh, when you do well, you, you market the shit out of that player. I mean, it, it's really not that difficult to do. I just, you know, but you know, this is the galaxy we're talking about. So, <laughs> um, you know, um, but overall it, it looks like this is going to be a, um, a good a good hire for the galaxy and so um i look forward to seeing what kind of changes and and what he where he goes especially with the head coach i think that's probably your first major decision there um so um it'll be interesting uh to see uh, of course obviously he has other decisions uh, as far as like um we talk about uh protecting players and uh you know who you have about what uh 12, 14 spots to fill in. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of players he's looking at and what his, uh, his plan is for 2019 and, um, you know, and, and the future and the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think, I think if you're playing for a one and done, I don't think that's a good sign. I'm being honest. If you are playing for MLS cup or bus and then everyone leaves and Genesis is in 2020, I mean, you're basically doing what, the other guys were trying to do like hey i'm just trying to win now we'll get to next season when next season comes i i think that's a poor strategy i think you need to be prepared for you know at least three years um where you have a plan in place so um but like i said it's not like they got some guy who who has never been there before he's he's had some pretty big jobs so um I look forward to him. I think I'm also excited for him. Uh, it looks like he's uh, big on youth and he can develop the youth program. So, um, yeah, it looks like it's a good hire. Yep. So, um, and and of course, Lewis, as you know, um, the lessons that that we learned from last year, um, they were tough, uh, tough life experience, and uh, it's it's made to uh, to learn and move forward. Right. Was that really a life experience? No, for me, it was. <laughs> well, it was oh, okay. but but of course I don't know um, if you're looking for excitement in the in in the last week since it's been really quiet on the galaxy front it, besides these to closer rumors or, or you know anything like that um, you had Ramon Alessandrini cause a bit of a stir on social media um, 
you know, there was pandemonium for a while with, with his Instagram post. Uh, he posted a picture of himself. He said, uh, uh, you know, a picture of himself from the game. He's coming out of the tunnel. He said, a, a tough life experience is made to learn and move forward. See you soon, Instagram. And he had the number seven, the three, like, 777 slot machine, a lucky clover, and a star. So, of course, everybody went nuts, and they were wondering, oh, my God, is Ramon Allison Greening leaving the galaxy? Uh, it got a little dicey for a while, but I think we everybody came to the conclusion, and I think it was Josh Gessman who finally got clarification that this had nothing to do with his um, his uh, status with the galaxy. No, I trust Gessman. I don't trust the person inside that organization. All right. <laughs> um just putting that out there but um look so so i saw the post too i think david had had posted it uh what was it sunday night um and then i saw it and like yeah my initial reaction was like ooh, no but when i started reading it i I didn't really see a trade as a tough life experience i mean that's just the business part of it he should know that i don't think alistair jr would be that cryptic about it i think he would be more upfront i think he would be saying his goodbyes if he knew something was going to happen as much as that guy has bled blue and gold as much as he has loved this city there is no way he's putting something that cryptic he would say something a little bit more heartfelt to the fans and that's what kind of made me believe you know what there's something else there's something personal um i just think it was just that perfect storm because everyone's kind of on edge that Allison Jean is the DP that's going to be traded uh, to make room for Zlatan and not Gio. Um, that he'll be going to Montreal. That there's that four-hour you know transfer window in a week. Um, so you know it, it's always in the back of a Galaxy's uh, Galaxy fan minds that Allison Jean very could, you know could be traded because it's the only valuable asset that they have worth trading. So when he puts that in a black and white photo, you know, he's 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 uh, back to the camera and, you know, he's 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 putting that. Obviously, it, you're going to jump to that conclusion, but maybe it's just me. I just, I'm interpreting life experience as something personal and not a trade. I don't think I, w- I wouldn't consider a trade a life experience. It, it'd be a really weird way to like put that. And as I said, I, I think Alison Genie wouldn't. He would be more upfront up with the fans. I, I have no doubt in my mind that he wouldn't that, that he would do something that he would leave on like like that. So. Yeah, I, I I agree. And and as I speculated, um, he was probably just listening to Madonna Madonna's Lucky Star. Yeah. Um, since he did post the uh, the the lucky, you know, four leaf clover and a star right behind it. Uh-huh. So I have to assume that that's that's what it was. I mean, um, what else could it be? I don't know. It makes sense. He, he, maybe he went to Vegas. I don't know. Maybe he lost a bunch of money in Vegas. That was a tough life lesson. It's personal. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Always bet on black. That's right. Uh, and then the other, and then the other player rumor that we have um, it came out uh, today. Although there are cl- conflicting reports, and you know, you can only t- trust an article on Twitter so much. Uh, but uh, uh, apparently. The Zlatan rumor uh, 
came up again. Uh, his negotiations with Milan have hit a snag, uh, and he is now more likely to stay with the Galaxy. So, um, do you think the snag is to close him? <laughs> uh, how perfect is that, huh? Right. Um, I mean, it, it, it was hard for me to believe said rumors only because Zlatan came out and said, why in the world? I'm not interested in a six-month loan. I'm under contract with the Galaxy. I am their player. I have no desire to play anywhere else as long as I'm with this team. I am going to be loyal to this team. I'm going to give them 100%. And I believe Zlatan. I really do. So for all this to be happening seemed a little weird. It didn't really go with the story. Now, it could. I'm not saying that it was impossible. I'm just saying that, uh, I guess I'll go back to Bobby. Uh, until I see him with that jersey on, I'm going to assume that he was returning next season. Um, whatever the hell that snag was, it could have just been, you know, stories planted, you know, let's get some clicks. Uh, it could have been the agent going in there and, you know, um, Galaxy, you better f- hurry the fuck up because it's getting close. You know, it could have just been, you know, it just could have been that. But, yeah, I, I really wasn't paying too much attention. I, I really did believe Zlatan when he said, you know what, I am committed to the team that I'm currently playing on. And he's done that his entire career. There's no reason for him to change now. So, um, whether or not that snag was the close, um, I, I, I don't know. Although, it, it would be funny and it, it kind of would make sense. Like, oh, you finally signed someone. All right, you know, I'm going to stay. <laughs> you right. know so um yeah he was just yeah. kind of holding it over uh over them yeah yeah so um yeah i i, I got I had to expect that zata was coming back uh that the galaxy knew that look uh we even talked about it that you know they started getting away from geo they, he was no longer in any of the marketing you know pictures of the posters uh it was always you know other players um, Zlatan was now front and center. There's no way that they're going to give up that player that easily. Like, just no way. Um, so, not, not just for the on-field performances, but just for the, the money. So, um, I, I, I honestly expected him to come back. I'd still expect him to come back in uh, in 2019. All right, well, that's good. Uh, so, I, <laughs> I think... <laughs> it's settled. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, I think that's that's all the galaxy stuff we have. Uh, so we're we're running a little bit long, um, and I yeah, know Bobby, and, yeah, Bobby's and, not here. And I know you wanted to get into the uh, Greg Berhalter stuff, but I I really would like to to save a lot of that stuff for next show. And I really do think that we've talked this thing to death. Um, Obviously, Greg Berhalter is now the the head coach of the U.S. national team. He did his media rounds today. Uh, people are picking apart uh, a, a lot of the stuff that he that he uh, has has said in in terms of the way that he wants uh, the U.S. to play. Uh, Lewis, I believe you described it as he basically was describing soccer uh, mm-hmm. when he when he said, you know, we want to circulate the ball. We want to break the lines. We want, we want to create chances. I mean, really, the only thing that he was missing was, and we want to score more goals than the other team. <laughs> um, it seems, oh, God. I know. So. I mean, you go ahead, but I, don't I, get I, too I, deep because I really do want to wait for Bobby to talk about this in a little bit more depth. And, and we have time. 
we have time because there's nothing national team going on. And like I said, we talked about this with the Cooligans. We talked about this with Brian Dunseth. We talked about this with uh, Riley, uh, Riley Rob, James. Rob Stone. We talked about this with Rob Stone. I mean, like, do we really need to keep talking about this? I'm so biting my tongue right now, damn you. <laughs> because there was I, there was a couple things that were said. I well, mean, like you, I said, you kinda, go ahead, go ahead, touch on those things. But I'm saying I don't want to get super deep into it. it the, the second I, I I say this, we're we're at the point of no return, dude. Say it, say it, Lewis. What the fuck is uniquely and fiercely American mean? Nothing. What is that? What the hell does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Oh my god! I I mean, it's a it's a thing that people can write a headline and stick it in the headline. That's it. So okay. So I'm kind of glad that you say that, and and you know I'll I I will bite my tongue because there's so many things that I want to say in regards to that, and it does go down to the you know the, the the ultimate selection of Greg Berhalter. It goes down to the player profile that was put out by, by Ernie Stewart. And now we know a little bit more about said profile. We know about the finalists quote unquote, um, in this, uh, in this search. Um, but one of the things I just, I I looked at and I, I, I was upset at, and then I laughed at, and then finally I was like, yeah, that, that actually does sound about right, is that U.S. soccer president Carlos Cordero came out and said that Greg Berhalter is going to be uniquely and fiercely American. I have no idea what that means. And I'm pretty sure that Cordero has no idea what the hell that means. But like what you said, David, that's a hell of a soundbite. And it's going to get attention. And it goes back to what we talked about with Rob Stone and the Cooligans. And more the Cooligans. When I said... Look at what ha- what is happening with the country right now. It's being reflected on the national team. Fuck foreigners, America. Fuck foreigners, America. That's pretty much what he was saying. I mean, he's basically doubling down on, you know, an American coach. We, I, always knew it was going to be an American coach, regardless. Uh, right after Klinsman was fired, I mean, I it was it's if if you didn't know that you haven't been paying attention, and he's basically doubling down on that because uh, as the reason that I said you need to now please the masses. Everyone was infuriated with Klinsman, what he did, what he tried to do, but it wasn't because he was an American, Lewis. It wasn't. Oh, man, it I absolutely no. You can. God damn you. <laughs> I told you. It, I told you. That's you not, open the Pandora's box. That's not the reason. And like I said, I don't want to get deep into this. But I don't think that the reason that everybody didn't like Klinsman was it certainly wasn't because he wasn't American. That's, that, that is not the reason. Because when he first came on board, a lot of people were gung-ho about him. Nobody yes. said, when he first got hired, if okay, if he would have got hired and everybody would have said, mm, I don't know about him, no, I don't like him, it would have been unsubstantiated. And 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 you could have said, mm, I think there's a little bit of a uh, you know, nationalism happening here, 
But that's not what happened. We got to see very much what Klinsman brought us, and we and then we said, oh, this guy's not qualified. This guy doesn't know he's not a tactically sound coach because he wasn't. That was the problem, Lewis. It wasn't because, it, yes, he ruffled feathers by being like, you know what? We suck. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do well. But he's also the guy that said, "Yeah, we'll make it to the semifinal of the next World Cup." So the, the I don't. Thing, uh... it, it's not. It's not because he wasn't American. I absolutely disagree with that one. I I'm not saying that is the only reason. I, I'm not saying that that is the sole reason. I feel that there is a a very subconscious emotion among the. U.S. fans that maybe that was part of it. That we are as Americans, and again, we're getting a little social political here. But there are times where we are saying, you know what, we are the best. We help you, you don't help us. We go into your country, you don't go into ours. You know, it is reflective on this team. We need help. We're not good at this. Okay, I'm going to come and help you. Fuck you. Nobody helps us. That's what I kind of no, feel it was. No, absolutely, That's what I, honestly, absolutely oh. not, Lewis. It was, hey, I'm going to come in and help you. Um, so are you going to help you or are you going to make us worse? Because that's certainly what he did. He, but, but there was And it that, took time, that, Lewis. He went through but, a whole World Cup. He went through a whole World Cup with us. And it, he, he wasn't until the se- and it wasn't until the second cycle where they, people said, you know what? This isn't working. Um, I think it started with the players saying that it wasn't working, and that was going into the World Cup. That was going into the first World Cup, and I think it was the when the players started saying, you know what, th- there was a split. There was, you know, the, the, the he lost the locker room, and I think that trickled down to the fans, and they turned on Klinsman rather than turning on the players, and you know, and. Maybe that is, is like it? I am. Whose job is it to motivate those players? It's the coach's it's Clint, job. It, it, it it's is Clint's the coach's job. job. It, it's it, and, it is. and listen and listen to some of the things that some of the the, the players have been saying uh, it, regarding Greg Burhalter. They're saying with Greg Burhalter, you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. You know exactly sure. how you're gonna play. You know exactly wh- you know who's gonna play where and and you know they're. Players are talking about how, like, sometimes they wouldn't even know 10 hours before the, the, the yep. game started I, what I, anybody I'm was doing. Saying... So you can't say that it's because, oh, Klinsman was an American. Because I think you're going the opposite. What You're going to the other extreme. And I don't want to get into this, Lewis. We're going to save this for Bobby. Because I really do think that this is, needs to be a moderated conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that I think that you're you're swinging the other way around, and I and I brought something to your attention today. Uh, something that Wadarango said that really just grinded my gears. Uh, yeah, and I think that you're kind of leaning in that direction a little bit. But like I said, if you guys want to listen to this conversation, tune in again later because we will have it. But we need to have Bobby in it to moderate because if not, we're this is going to be a four hour podcast. Um, <laughs> 142 is going to be fire, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back for 142. But I mean, seriously, like we've had iterations of this conversation before. Oh yeah, several, um, several and, times. But and, I think I think now that that there's a person in place, um, we can have it with a little more more substance. 
Yeah, and and I agree, and 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 I and one of the other things is that Greg Berhalter, um, and obviously I am guilty of this, and we'll talk about this uh, when Bobby's here. Is that um, Greg Berhalter is going to be free rolling, but not in a good way, because many people don't necessarily hate Greg Berhalter, but find him underwhelming. And we talked about the lack of ambition that U.S. Soccer was going to have. Um, after being humbled and not qualifying for the World Cup, that they, they they've got neutered, so they have to go back to basics. They got to go back to okay, let's just make the World Cup. So they're gonna go with the safest pick. Now, as far as fans are concerned, yeah, your chances are he probably will get us into the World Cup. I, I think missing the World Cup was was an anomaly, but the other part of it is he might be kind of doomed to begin with. If he's good, okay, whatever. He got us to the World Cup, no biggie. If he stales out, it's going to say, well, yeah, we regress. What'd you expect? Like, that's what you get for picking Greg Berhalter. You didn't go after, you know, um, Pep Guardiola or, or, be, or, or anybody else because they didn't speak English or because whatever the reason is that they were, uh, you know, eliminated from it, including Tab Ramos, who was eliminated because uh, I, I got to assume. He didn't fit the the entire profile, uh, and one of them is that he did not or has never coached on a senior or professional level, uh, which is true. He's only coached a, a youth team, uh, which is why he and he's was, done a fantastic job with that youth team. And he's done a fantastic job with that youth team. Yes, um, but according to the profile of Ernie Stewart, uh, he he didn't fit it. So that's what Tom, you know, that's where Tom Ramos got dropped. He was not. He has never had coaching experience at the top level so um that's gonna change i I gotta assume that he will be in mls next season um but um well dallas is talking to him Uh, there's a there's an opening in columbus columbus Um, uh, chicago i mean no i think i think ponovich i think ponovich uh uh re-signed for chicago oh did he okay well there it is i mean Uh, atlanta atlanta has a coaching uh, opening right now. I, I, I don't they, think they, that they'll see, bring in. I don't think that they're going to bring in Tab Ramos. But they yeah, they have won't a bring coach, in Tab Ramos. They have co- a coaching opening right now. So, yeah. I mean, you know, speaking of Atlanta, let's MLS Cup is uh, is coming up this Sunday or sorry Saturday. Um, Atlanta versus the Portland Timbers uh, again. Giovanni Savarisi, who has done, and and I got to eat my hat a little bit here when I. Saw Giovanni Savarisi coming in from uh, from the New York Cosmos. I made a comment and I said, "It's getting very difficult for." I didn't think that. Were, first of all, I said I didn't think that we're going to make the playoffs. Second of all, I said, "It's getting very, very difficult for first year head coaches uh, in MLS to make a big splash." And I stand by that. It is very difficult for that to happen. Um, Giovanni Savarisi, however, um, I, I mistakenly uh, underestimated him, and he has done a fantastic job guiding the Portland Timbers all the way to MLS Cup. Um, so congratulations to him. Obviously, the, the, the bell of the ball, um, Atlanta United, with uh, Tata and, and company going into what will be Tata's send-off um, is is coming up this is atlanta's lose i I don't see how portland goes in there and um beats atlanta i'm not saying it's it's impossible but it's 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 very very damn difficult i I think 
Atlanta has been a well-oiled machine since its inception merely last season. It's hard to believe that a second-year team has just taken over this league and has become the, you know, the the blueprint of what it takes to win an MLS. And um, damn, Atlanta is just it is it, just too good. I mean, Savarese is going to have to really, um, really outcoach Tata Martino here. I think he's able to do it, but. Um, those players also have to shine. I mean, Diego Valeri has to have the game of his life. That defense, and you know, Chara has, you know, one hell of a task in front of him. Um, it's um, it should be fun, but I think this is at minus to lose. I I I, I mean, I, at I, home in front of seventy one thousand plus seventy plus. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, it's just unbelievable, uh, and, and and that city alone. I mean, that, there was a picture. Uh, I'm not sure if, if if you saw it, Dave. That that they had, uh, you know, oh, oh, the Atlanta. Council. No, no, not not that, but that one as well. Uh, but there was a picture of the stadium, and it said like, you know, everyone thinks at uh, that the Atlanta or, sorry, everyone thinks that Atlanta United is playing in an NFL stadium, and that's bullshit. The Atlanta Falcons are playing in an MLS stadium. Yeah, because they they, they had that the game in Atlanta against uh new york where it was you know completely sold out you know whatever and then they had the crowd for the atlanta falcons game on sunday half full it's like right? half half yeah. full um, so i mean i mean to think that in the south that that was even possible is just it's incredible um so i mean kudos to that organization for everything that they did um but um yeah i i i think they deserve that trophy and um you know it's it's going to be damn near difficult for Portland to wrestle that trophy away from them. I hope they're up for the challenge. I think they are. I think uh, Saris is up for that challenge. So, uh, I got to ask you, Lewis. What's your confidence? Uh, I'm going to have to go Atlanta. I'm locking it. Lock it? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, going to uh, that I'm one down? Since it's only one game, sure, let's make it a 10. <laughs> let's make it a 10. I, I, it's, I, I just... You know, if it's in a neutral stadium, I would I would still have Atlanta, but I would say that Portland has more of a shot. Granted that they actually went into Kansas City and won the game, so it's not like it's 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 not it's not impossible. I just think Atlanta and Kansas City. I mean, those are two different beasts right there. And I mean, Atlanta is just in a league of its own at this point. And uh, like I said, Portland needs to have the game of their life. Atlanta has to have a Atlanta has to have a metro type game. Seriously. And and you know, let's let's be honest, like that's not outside of the realm of possibility. It's MLS. It's not. Girl. It is MLS. It, it is very well possible. Um I, I but I will I will continue to play my odds. It's done me well the past two seasons. I'm gonna go yeah, I, I have to unlock Atlanta here. It's it's difficult for me to bet against them right now. Very difficult. Well, I, I got to agree with you. There's no way I, I think um, Atlanta has everything going for them. And so you have to you have to guess that like they're, you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be amped up for this game. Uh, I, I don't see it any other way. There it is. So, so you heard it here first, folks, Portland with the upset victory <laughs> over Atlanta spoiling Martino's for a party, indeed. <laughs> because we're starting to learn our lesson here. We're starting to learn our lesson. 
uh, uh, balls and beers back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss balls and beers already. I, I really do miss that show. Um, what's funny is it, it, you you. I was gonna wrap up the show, but you made me uh, realize that we did forget to talk about one other thing. And I'm sorry, Louis. This is gonna be a downer. What the? <laughs> <laughs> um, I figure since Bobby wasn't here, you like buy me a puppy or something. No, uh, unfortunately, or well, fortunately, the Chargers. They're going to be out of the stadium in uh, 2019. They're going to be out of the StubHub Center 2019. And uh, we're getting a new tenant. We're getting an XFL team. And they play when the Galaxy plays. So they their season starts in February. I don't know how long an XFL lasts. Um, I barely know what an XFL is. All I know is he hate me. But... Um, we're going to be getting uh, more field tear-ups at, at StubHub well beyond the Chargers. Remember when StubHub first opened and they said it was a Galaxy-only stadium and nobody else and nothing else is going to happen there besides Galaxy Soccer? Well, but then they needed to make money. Yeah, and that's <laughs> when Chivas came in and then, you know, then the, oh, we have the X Games here now and uh, oh yeah, I forgot about the X Games. Yeah, that's so, why we I always mean, had to go on the road in August because yeah, it was always the X Games. Yeah. So yeah, so now we got to worry about uh, more football, um, less professional football. Um, I'm not. I don't know. Is it is it better than college? I mean, I think it's the same amount of mistakes, probably. Uh, except it, except it's got more storylines than college. Uh, maybe a little bit more drama. I don't know, man. I love college football. There's a lot of drama in there. <laughs> yeah, but not the kind of drama, like not not the the sportsmanship drama. It's more like the uh, you know, like storyline drama. Yeah, I guess. I that, that could still be, you know. But when you're taking shots when the uh, when the opposing team scores a touchdown, there, there, there's going to be drama. Uh, indeed. So uh, you know, it's. It, it it might be a fun spectacle, and 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 I know that uh, there's there's going to be a, a couple of uh, people in the galaxy verse that are are wrestling fans that might enjoy the idea of of this, but uh, I I only see this as uh, you know just a, again another sad money grab, and and it's uh, it's exactly what it is. Uh, not looking forward <sighs> to that. We we had a we had a fun show, Dave. <laughs> Like next time when like when you're going down the notes, just start off with all the sad shit first. <laughs> How about that? You start off with the sad shit first, and, and then, then we we'll bring it end, up. We bring it up, and we'll, we'll we'll go with the happy, and then like the the sad thing would just be you know out of sight, out of mind. There you go. Well, I did start with the sad thing. I'm way out of shape, and I'm super. I got I was super sore. That's funny to me. What <laughs> <laughs> too? That was funny to me. I didn't see that was a town. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, so that's going to do it for episode 141. Yes, sir. Um, thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll see you on 142. Hopefully, Bobby is back with us. And uh, we'll be talking uh, some national team. And if uh, you househeads out there have been with us for those conversations, yeah, they get pretty colorful. So make sure to tune in. This is David signing off. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to LA is our house. 
Follow us on our website, laisourhouse.com, and sign up for our monthly newsletter for upcoming articles and special content. Follow us on our Twitter for all of the up-to-date news in our soccer world. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you in the next episode.